Paolo Bancaro made the right choice. And I'm not just saying that because the U.S. beat Italy on, on Tuesday. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Team USA fan. Bancaro made the right choice. Let's explain why on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Magic today is September 5th, 2023. My name is Philip Rosmanike. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, Paolo Bancaro proves once again, or maybe for the first time, I don't know, proves he made the right choice signing up for Team USA. What he's gained and what he showed in the U.S.'s big win over Italy. We'll talk about that game as well. Plus, we're past Labor Day. and We're officially on the countdown to the beginning of training camp. And we're going to talk about improving the max defense areas of concern and areas of strength to build on. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lock Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. So search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. There was a lot of attention put on this game. Obviously, quarterfinal game, knockout round, one loss, and you're out of medal contention. You still get to play some classification games, so you're, you're not done. But um, all the goals are in place for Team USA still. Uh, and this was obviously a humongous game. But there was extra attention, certainly among Magic fans, put on this game because Paolo Caro had a choice to make this offseason. He could have chosen to play for Team Italy, and by all accounts, it sounds like, be the centerpiece of the Italian national team, of the Azzurri, uh, for the next decade, um, to, to, to be the guy. And look, we had the arguments, there are good arguments on both sides of the table for why Team USA was the right choice, why Team Italy was the right choice. Certainly, the ability to be the star of the team, to be uh, the guy that has the ball in his hands, makes all the decisions. All that's good. It all would have been valuable for Paolo Bancaro. Know what he can do when he's in that role. We saw him do it as a rookie. We know how much better he's going to get at that role as he gets more experience. But obviously Bancaro chose Team USA. And there was some criticism. You know, I've heard some Magic fans say, well, he's not shooting the ball. We don't know how better offensively. And all of that's fair. All of that is perfectly fair. And, and and look, I will gladly admit and ding Paolo a little bit for not handling how he told every how he told the principal parties about the decision. Um, you know, I don't think he meant to lead everyone on to think that he was going to be playing for Team Italy. But obviously this opportunity came about. Team USA locked him up uh, and made the pit for him join their team. Paolo Bancaro, in doing so, accepted a secondary role. He knew 
when he joined Team USA, especially for this World Cup, you know, who knows for future competitions, he knew he would not be the star. He would not have the ball in his hands. He would not get to take 20 shots per game like he does with the Orlando Magic. He was not the star player of this team. He understood that. He knew that before he ever stepped foot in Las Vegas for the first day of U.S. training camp. Instead, Paolo took on a different challenge. A challenge that, frankly, none of us knew how he would react to. A challenge is, can you contribute without scoring, without having the ball in your hands? Can you be what Team USA needs to win? Because at the end of the day, that's what Team USA is about. Team USA is unlike any national team, both because their program is a lot more fractured and not uniform, and, and, and I have plenty of thoughts to say about that. Um, so far, U.S. has continued to, to be able to suppress those thoughts. Um, but this is a team full of some of the best players in the NBA. They do take on a few role players, and they've done a better job of that, but they ask essentially several players who are the best players on their team, whether it's Jaron Jackson Jr. or Mikal Bridges or Brandon Ingram or Tyrese Halliburton, they asked them to join this team and sacrifice something to win. Sacrifice some part of their game to highlight some other part of their game. And admittedly for Paolo Bancaro, it was a question of whether he could do that. We sat here a million times in trying to decide and figure out who the magic we're going to take with the first pick of the 2022 NBA draft. Ask her, and I know I asked this question. Well, if Paolo Bancaro isn't your 20 per game score, what is he? That was one of my arguments that I made against Paolo. And, and I said, look, if you don't believe Paolo Bancaro is a 20 point per game score, do not take him. If you do believe that, take him. That's essentially what the argument about Paolo was in the draft process. And so going to Team USA forced him to do something different. We've talked about it all at each step of this process, of the FIBA World Cup process, to see a Paolo Bancaro confront some of his flaws. He's not a particularly physical player. He is not a, he's a fine rebounder, but not a great rebounder. He is not considered a great defender, despite his versatility and his size. There are a lot of areas. He's not a good shoot, not good outside shooter. And that's the one thing that maybe we haven't seen. And the thumb injury is probably affecting some things more than, than he's letting on. These are all things we did not see from Paolo his year. The Matt did a great job, in my opinion, keeping things real simple for Paolo. They put him in spots where he could score. He saw some double teams. He learned, learned how to attack those teams. Obviously, the next step for him offensively is learning how to be more efficient. But what Paolo Bancaro is getting from Team USA that he was never going to get from Team Italy is this sacrifice. When you are not the star, how are you going to help your team win? And it's safe to say, now entering the semifinal round of the World Cup, Paolo Bancaro has helped his team win. First off, that bench group with Tyrese Halliburton, Austin Reeves, and Paolo Bancaro anchoring it. They've been the consistent three off that bench, you know, with Cameron Johnson coming in, with Brandon Ingram coming in, with Bobby Porter sometimes in there. Those three have been the consistent three. That's when the U.S. wins games. 
And Mancaro may not be racking up the statistics or racking up the stats, but watch him play. The defense is a level that we did not see at in his rookie year. He was a little lost defensively. Most rookies are. In this role for Team USA, they have put him in a position to be an excellent defender. And not only has he taken that action and that coaching and that knowledge that he gained from his rookie year, he has turned it into his strength. He has become an excellent defender with another block. We'll talk about the sequence that he had coming up in a moment with several highlight blocks that we've talked about, several steals, several just great swings and great perimeter action using his size to smother guards who are not expecting him to be able to hang with them. Now, really be able to put defensive attention to detail and defensive intensity when he is expected to take 20 shots per game. That is a perfectly valid and fair question. But the point is, now we know he can do it. This is a player who averaged a half a block per game who is consistently blocking shots now. Who Steve Kerr has put in different positions and situations that he was not putting with the Orlando Magic, giving the Magic more ideas on how to lock him. Not that Jamal Mosley wouldn't have gotten to some of these conclusions anyway, especially as this team got healthier. Um, with Jonathan Isaac in the mix now, and you know maybe some other players. Paolo Bancaro has gained so much defensive confidence. He would not have gotten any of this. We might have seen his offensive game expand and, and, and grow, or we might have just seen him be what he was his rookie year, which is great. Italy would be great for it. Italy would still make the quarterfinals, but they'd still be a great team for it. But he wouldn't have gotten this. He might have learned how to deal with the tension again, but he wouldn't have gotten this. He would have started to etch in the other parts of his game, the other ways that he can be successful, the other ways that he can contribute and he has not scored. Who knows Paolo Bancaro will be a two-way player, will be the kind of player that you can rely on on both offense and on defense. Who knows? But we do know now that he can be this player, that he can do these things that he can be an impactor on both sides of the floor. And that's something he could only get with Team USA. This has been an incredibly successful World Cup run for Paolo Bencaro as an individual for showing us and proving us what he's capable of doing. Now we just have to see if he will bring that to the Orlando Magic in a month. And obviously get thumb healthy, like, the, you know, like, that that, that thumb is definitely uh, affecting him. We'll talk about what Paolo Bancaro did in the win over Italy and how Team USA got their groove back. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Bird Dogs. I I don't know about you. Um, It's September. It's not supposed to be hot still. It's Florida, though. We expect it. And we know more than anyone how much it costs to feel comfortable in the sun. To wear pants that not only look good, or shorts that not only look good, but feel good and keep that sweat and that odor and, and all that yuckiness away. Bird dogs are the, are the shorts, are the pants that make you look good no matter the season, no matter the temperature, no matter the occasion. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer to the thigh 
and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, way better, and they're way better than regular shorts made of a stiff, restricting cotton. No, Bird Dogs fix the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like cat. I have worn Bird Dogs pants to work. I wear Bird Dog shorts everywhere. I'm probably going to wear some to Universal when I take my Universal day tomorrow. Um, these khakis stretch so you get way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They use an anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry. Um, let me repeat that because I that's a, that's a tongue twister. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric to keep you cool and dry all day long. And they're functional really for any occasion. Theme parks, golf, beach, date, evening, working out, going to the pool, going to the lounge, wherever. Bird Dogs is... The pants that I can't get enough of. I'm always happy when they send me more. I bought some before they came on as a locked on pro, as a locked on sponsor. Uh, definitely check them out both the me- with the mesh lining and without. But they both work really really well. Go to birddogs.com/slash/lockedonnba or enter promo code lockedonnba at checkout a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com/slash/lockedonnba for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. You know, I, I know I mentioned this the other day, but but one of the things that we're going to see from this World Cup is to see these players, and, and this U.S. team especially, is very, very young, see these players respond to pressure. Um, you know, I was talking with, talking about this with Jackson Gatlin on Locked on NBA on, on Monday's episode about how, you know, you look at this team, it is a team that is short on experience. Bobby Portis is the only guy that's won a championship. Um, you have a couple guys with playoff experience, but Cal Bridges has been, Anthony Edwards has been, Brandon Ingram has been. But this is largely a team that does not have a lot of deep postseason experience that hasn't won at the highest levels. And so this is going to be a question and a statement that we're going to be talking about a lot with the Orlando Magic this season. How do you respond to pressure? How do you respond to a loss? How do you bounce back, prevent a losing streak, win those must-win games, and especially when we get to April, how do you win playoff games? These are all questions we're going to be asking about the Orlando Magic this year. And so seeing how Team USA responds, and, and yes, specifically Paolo Bancaro responds, is a really, really big deal. The U.S. got punched in the mouth against Lithuania on Sunday. Lithuania made their first nine three-pointers. They, they executed exceptionally well. They beat up the U.S. on the glass. The U.S. fought hard. It's, it's not like these guys didn't play hard or didn't put themselves in position to win. But the hill they had to climb was way too big. They put themselves in too deep of a hole. And that was that. That's the end of the game. So, how will the U.S. respond? Well, first, against Italy, they responded by being absolute monsters on the glass. Everybody contributed on the glass. Paolo Carroll had five rebounds. Critical of his rebounding. He was, an, he was excellent on the glass. Everybody put intention on getting to the glass. They were not going to get rebounded in this game. Then they went to work defensively putting a ton of pressure on Italy. And even though, you know, Italy is not a strong three-point shooting team, certainly not as strong as Lithuania is, but Italy could not get anything going. And yeah, it was close early on, but every shot was very, very tough. Uh, and eventually, we just got smothered. We couldn't get any shots. And that, of course, fed the U.S.'s fast break. And eventually, once the U.S. started hitting threes, especially Mikhail Bridges and then Tyrese Halliburton and then half, that was game. A 100 
to 63 thrashing. This is not what a quarterfinal of a major tournament is supposed to look like. These are supposed to be uh, the best teams, and Italy is fine. Italy is a good team. Simone Fontecchio had a fantastic tournament. This is like the U.S. beat up on a, on a team that they should beat. No doubt about it. But this was a game that the U.S. just dominated from start to finish. And, and, and again, they, they, they literally just took care of their business. The question then, or, or, or the question is then, okay, the U.S. had their response. They had everything clicking on all cylinders. Can they keep this up? Because their matchup in the second round uh, between Germany and Latvia, in the semifinals between Germany and Latvia, Latvia is a much better shooting team. Germany remains a medal favorite and certainly a team that should expect a medal. And it's going to suck that only one of the U.S. or, or that, that U.S. And, and Germany are only going to be able to settle for gold and bronze and, and not a championship match because that is the two very good teams, maybe the two best teams that played in this tournament. Um, it's going to be a battle. And, and, and obviously the U.S. is going to have to be sharper. Their stars have to be a lot better. Paolo Bancaro had a solid game. Eight points, uh, five rebounds, uh, two for four. Uh, two for four uh, sorry. Let me get my box score up here real fast uh, so I make sure I can say the stats right. Um, four for eight shooting, four for six on twos, over two on threes. They were both late. Not the there. Two assists, two steals, one block. He, again, like I mentioned earlier, continues to be really impressive defensively. Two highlight plays were both defensive plays. He had one sequence where he got a, got a deflection and help side, led to a run-out layup. Then the Varex play blocked a shot off the backboard, led to an Austin Reeves three. Just Again, just beat him up. And then, of course, the big highlight of the game, Tyrese Halliburton going between the legs on a lob, Paolo Bancaro. I, I see Magic fans chatting about how chummy uh, Bancaro and Halliburton get to be. We'll see with that last to the 2026 Eastern Conference Finals, the Pace and Magic are facing each other. Um, uh, yeah, I said it. I'm not afraid to say it. Um, uh, I think the Pacers are going to be good this year. Um is so engaged defensively. He's switching really seamlessly. He stonewall. He stonewalled a lot of those players on the perimeter. No one could try and test him. He got plenty. Of, he got a lot of deflections that obviously aren't marked uh, on the box score. Just uh, his defense. I cannot speak highly of his defense. He was uh, not again not this engaged, not this intentional, not this focused on the defensive end. And yes, not having a lot of offense responsibility is a big reason for that. And you know, if you want to be concerned about his offense, the thumb injury does really seem to be bothering him. Uh, his jumper has been off most of this tournament. Um, and, and again, the thumb injury is probably a big part of that. He's not necessarily been looking to shoot there. I definitely felt like he passed up an open three early on that he should have taken. Um, but his defensive confidence is through the roof. And, and, you know, the offense is going to be there. When he gets back to the NBA, when he gets back with the Magic, he is going to score. And if there's one thing we should all be confident that Paolo Bancaro can do is he can score. He can put the ball in the basket. He's going to live and eat at the line. Um, this is a guy that that's going to be dominant. And, 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 and if he can add this defensive element, if he can show just even a little bit of what he's done defensively in the regular season, the Magic are going to be such a more dangerous team. Again, that's why choosing Team USA was the right choice. It, it's grown other parts of his game that wouldn't have grown playing for Italy. He would have been he would have gotten better at the things he's already good at, which is great. And 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 I expect him to continue getting better at things he's already good at. Now he's added whole new dimensions to his game that make him far more interesting of a prospect. And and obviously the US for their business, they dominated the game. Easy win. Uh just just 
just very, very easy stuff for, for the U.S. Again, they worked hard for it. It wasn't like it was easy, easy. They worked hard for it. Uh, and now they're in a position to win a medal. Um, they are guaranteed to play for a medal now heading to the semifinals. Again, they'll play Germany or Latvia on Friday. We will talk about that Germany-Latvia game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. That should be out hopefully around noon. I'm, I'm trying to get early. I am st- I am planning at this moment to stay up. So if you're up at 4.45 a.m. in the morning Eastern time, uh, come join me on, on Twitter, whatever it's called now, uh, at Omagic Daily to follow along uh, on because Franz Wagner is supposed to be back. Let's close the show um, talking about big questions for the Magic. We'll talk about how the Magic improved their defense. Um, kind of big picture stuff. We'll narrow some stuff down as we go. We'll get to that coming up here in just a minute. So obviously kind of the big idea of today's episode uh, is... Paolo Banero has added a dimension to his game defensively. Um, we've talked a little bit about Paolo's defense, but but let's reset a few things here that, that we've chatted about before. Um, when Paolo Banero was on the floor, the Magic had about a 115 defensive rating, almost three, almost two to three points per one possessions worse uh, than their season average. He's a rookie. You expect rookies to be bad. Um, you know, that's that's just the truth of it. Even after the all break, after the all break, his de- his defensive rate, the defensive rating for the team when Ben Carroll was on the floor was one seventeen, just really, really bad. That was like five points per one sessions worse than the team's average. So, no matter how you slice it, yes, Paolo Ben gives the team a lot offensively. Um, and, and again, he's a rookie. Rookies are bad. Rookies usually hurt your team. That's just how it is. Um, and you know, while Ben Carroll was very, very, very good individually. He was inefficient. Uh, he turned the ball over a little bit, 2.8 turnovers per game. Um, he made mistakes that you expect rookies to make, and, and they were honestly mistakes that he lived with. And so part of what this season is about is fine-tuning those mistakes, kind of starting to shave those down, being a little bit more mature with how you approach each and how you approach each situation, and just getting better. I mean, I, I hate to say it so simplistically, but this season is about getting better. And um, and, and as I noted, if you go to OrlandoMagicDaily.com, I post about five little improvements the Magic need to make uh, to, to take that next step. Dive into all of those in turn, probably in a, in a big episode next week after the World Cup is done. Um, we will get to a lot of the topics that I discuss in that post, and, and we're going to talk about one here. This Magic team is built on their defense. Why were the Magic so successful last year? Well, after December 7th, their 5-20 and 20 start, the Magic – had a had the sixth best defense in the league at 113 points allowed per winner possessions. Pretty solid. Um, you know, again, not perfect, not um, you know, solid among NBA teams. Their offense was not enough to make up for it um necessarily, but pretty solid. Now, there are times where that defense faltered. Um, second night of back to backs, Magic gave 120 points per winner possessions. They were one in twelve on the second night of back to backs. We will talk more about that issue um if not already very, very soon. Um and clutch situations for the entire season, the Magic had a defensive rating of, I believe, 120, which is terrible. Um, but after December 7th, when the Magic did have a winning record in clutch situations, down to 112. So this is a team that can solid defensively. And, and, and just judging by the way Jeff Weltman has built his team and, and the kind of players the Magic have chased after, defense is this team's back. The Magic aren't going to fix their offense overnight. 
I'm not expecting the Magic to be a top offense in the league. Um, there are things that they can do to be better, and I think they were, what, 27th, 26th in the league in offensive rating last year. The hope this year is that they're be- better enough offensively to get out of the bottom 10. That happened. I think it's happened only once in ten y- in the last 10 years for the Orlando Magic. And then to have a defense that is, if not in the top 10, in the top 10. If they do that, they should be good enough to make the postseason. Um their defense just needs to be good enough for their offense to take care of its business. That's, that's, you know, we could talk about rankings and where the team ranks are, uh, uh, compared to other teams, but really it's about is your defense good enough to set your offense up? That's the real question and that's the real issue. Um, we'll talk about the turnover problem. That is, that is a big thing. We'll get to that here. The magic defense, though, is based on a few principles. One, protect the, essentially the magic's defense is. We're going to protect the paint first and foremost. And it was top five in the league in points in the points allowed in the paint per game. So they did not give up a lot of point paint points. When teams did get to the rim, they were able to shoot effectively. But the Magic also did a really good job of preventing shots at the rim. That's a credit to Wendell Carter. That's a credit to, to a lot of guys on this team. They played really good defense. But kind of the gamble or the or the deal that the Magic make to protect the paint this way because Wendell Carter isn't an elite rim protector is they give up three-point attempts. And this is where Jeff Weltman's roster construction is interesting. Um, the Magic value length because they can pack the paint and get out to the three-point line and defend. Um, so the idea is defend the three-point line uh, as the ball is kick, kicking out to it. So the Magic gave up, I believe it was the second or third most three-point attempts per game last year. But the opponents, uh, but the Magic's three-point defense for by three-point field goal percentage, was the sixth best in the league. So teams shot a lot of threes, but they missed a lot of threes. Now, this is where those numbers get fuzzy. Um, if you're shooting a high volume, shooting a lower percentage still means you're making your share of threes. Um, and so essentially, what the Magic's whole gamble was last year was, we believe we can make enough free throws, because that was the big offensive strength last year, was their ability to get to the line. We believe we can make enough free throws, get enough transition opportunities, enough extra baskets to um, counteract whatever three-point advantage you might have. You might make four or five or three on us, but we're going to make seven, eight more free throws, and that's going to help us because we're such a t- because the shots we're giving up are low percent shots. Um, we, that's going to be enough for us to make up the difference. That's that's when I talk about three-point math. That's a three-point math. Now it becomes even difficult to take our low volume three point shooting team. They took like the third or fourth fewest three point attempts per game and a poor three point shooting, three point percentage shooting team. That's where that three point math got fuzzy because sometimes when you give up a lot of threes, sometimes that's more opportunities for them to make threes. You remember the Milwaukee Bucks making 21 threes, Sacramento Kings making a ton of threes, or the the, uh, Houston Rockets in, in that early season game making a ton of threes. Sometimes you get burned by those games. So when I think about how do the Magic improve the defense, I do think some of it has to come down to limiting those three-point attempts, uh, finding ways to both protect the paint and force teams into the interior, into the mid-range. The more mid-range the team forces, the better their defense. And that's really, I think, the big thing. Orlando has to do a better job of closeouts, um, have to do a better job contesting on closeouts, Forcing guys to forcing guys to think twice about shooting threes because that length is coming at them. Um, 
They have to do a better job rebounding in general. Although Orlando was statistically a good rebounding team, but teams did convert a lot off those second chance points. Um, they just have to be just a tighter on-string team. Again, I'm going to say this a lot over the next month as we get ready for the season. The Magic don't have to change a lot. The Magic did a lot of really good things last year. They just maybe didn't do them long enough. Or the things they gave up, killers, were just the absolute wrong thing to give up or the wrong uh, the wrong moment to give them up. Um, they, they have the bones of a really good defense. And so, like, adding Anthony Black, you should be an excellent defender. You know, seeing Paolo Bancaro take, make the gains that he's making defensively, that suggests that, yes, this team can be better defensively just by better understanding what the goals are, what their rules are, what they're willing to give up, and just being more efficient with it. Um, this is going to be a theme throughout the period where we are previewing this upcoming season. Um, it's going. This is going to be a theme, so, so just get used to it. So much of this season, it's just about being more efficient with everything the Magic are doing. What the Magic do works. Like, I, I will I will say that unequivocally. What Jamal Mosley, the principles, the ideas that he has put into this team, they work. We saw them work last year, 29 and 25, uh, 29 and 28 over the last 57 games. We don't like counting those last three games. They do fudge the numbers a little bit. Um, what the Magic did last year worked. They were on a 40-win pace. They would have made a play in tournament if you throw out that 5 and 20 start. You can't do that, obviously. That team still exists. But everyone's bought in this thing. They know it works. Now it's just about executing it better. Being better. Being more precise. Being more detail-oriented. The little things that I can't measure with a stat, but you know it when you see it on the floor. The Magic can do that. They will have one of the defenses in the league. And then maybe we can ask some questions about how to make it even better or what the Magic need when we get to the playoffs and they can really pick things apart. But the all bones to be a really fantastic defensive team. And it's just about little tweaks to make it a little bit better. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Tune in Himalay, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places on the podcast for your podcast enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Like I said, I am going to try and stay up or take a nap and wake up for the 4.45 a.m. Eastern time tip-off as, as Germany takes on Latvia in the quarterfinals and the right to face the United States. Frogner is, at this point, reportedly trying, going to give it a go for the first time since the first game of this tournament. So we hopefully we'll get to see him. He, did pra- he reportedly did practice yesterday. Um, so hopefully we do get to see Franz Wagner play. Um, in, in that one, it'll be very nice because France is just to watch. Um, so we will have an episode on that game. You can follow along as well on Twitter. We'll talk about that tomorrow, plus a whole lot more uh, as we get deeper and deeper, as we get closer and closer to the season and deeper and deeper into the FIBA World Cup. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Brown, right? We'll get next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.